Hello and welcome to the Other Barricade Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downing, joined as always by my tag team partner, the one, the only, the deadliest catch, Lee Brando. And why are you showing me Twitter? Because you were not aware of the Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega Twitter feud that's going on right now. Oh yeah, that's one minute old. Yep. It's been going on for a couple days and it's pretty interesting um clearly it's a work you know clearly uh jericho and omega are cool with each other um but i think it started mm, a couple days ago i'm trying to search for the first tweet um basically the gist of it was uh somebody uh i guess kenny omega said something about how uh, ring of honor new japan were on fire and Jericho hit back with, you know, oh, you guys drew two or 3,000 people. That's a regular house show for the WWE in some town nobody cares about. And then, you know, Omega responded back with, yeah, you know, somebody said, who's Kenny Omega? He hasn't been on WrestleMania or on a pay-per-view. And he said, yeah, I'm just that guy having those six-star matches you've been hearing about. And then Jericho said, you do have great matches. Too bad nobody sees them. And now they've they've gotten nastier. Um, so just a minute ago. I'll allow it before you ask. Oh, that? Yeah. Okay. Just a minute ago, um, somebody said to Kenny Omega, um, can you, because he said something about six star matches, right? And, and Jericho's basically putting over that Kenny Omega's not in the big leagues. Um, somebody asked Kenny Omega, or somebody said, basically, you know if WWE called, you would answer that call. He said, well, I haven't answered the last ten times. Uh, somebody said, can you imagine measuring talent by Meltzer's rating? Speaking of Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, uh, Kenny Omega says, yeah, it'd be absolutely crazy to say that anyone hitting 4.7 stars and up are among the world's best, sarcastically. Chris Jericho responds with, 4.75 stars? WTF are you talking about? You are sounding like a 4.7 star jackass right now. So it's it's heating up, you know? Um, I think it well, probably well- has something to do with Chris Jericho's rock and wrestling cruise that he's uh trying to sell out for next october there will be a ring of honor tournament on the cruise ship not out of the question that kenny omega would be there and i'm not sure what chris jericho's status is next october but we you could see jericho versus omega on a boat (laughs) do status do contracts apply in maritime law it it does a WWE contract apply in international waters? I don't. I don't think so. I don't. You're know. the expert on this. I'm not. You're the one with the aquatic gimmick. <laughs> I okay. Then I would say <laughs> no. It doesn't. You know, I should be on that show. You That's, should be on that show. It's literally pandering to your gimmick. It is literally my gimmick. Anyway, um, other Kenny Omega news. He was. Can, you, j- can we get you on the ROH roster in the next year? I can try. I can try. I got to I got to get it a lot better um really fast. Um speaking of Kenny Omega, he was just announced for the Ring of Honor show in San Antonio on November 17th. That's the one that goes head to head in the same city with NXT and headlining that NXT is Drew McIntyre versus Adam Cole special guest refereed by Shawn Michaels in San Antonio. So WWE making a huge uh, play at that. And not only that, but did you see the Bullet Club video that they put out speaking about this? Not yet, but can I quickly mention the fact that can we just talk about that night in in San Antonio? At the same time, you will have one of New Japan Pro Wrestling's best wrestlers. Mm Mm-hmm. Young Bucks, I'm sure, are going to be on that card, too. Absolutely. Of course. Uh, you're going to have, uh, as part of the biggest faction. Yep. On the other side, you have former Impact TNA champion, mm-hmm. 
going up against former three-time Ring of Honor champion in the same ring with one of the greatest WWE legends of all time. Yep. You're spoiled, San Antonio, is what he's getting at. Um, how, 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 how do you make, make that shows? choice? How, how do you, you how do you make both shows? How do you make because it's the live events? I mean, maybe the Ring of Honor one will be put out uh, television or internet, but the NXT show is not in you know televised event. It's just a house show. I don't know how you choose. Wait, did you just say the Ring of Honor is not on Ring of Honor's on TV and NXT isn't? I, I'm assuming the Ring of Honor show will be viewable somehow. I'm 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 not sure of that, but the NXT show is not. It, to my understanding, it's just a house show, and they it's just a, it's Takeover, isn't it? It's not Takeover. No, I'm so far behind. No, Takeover's in Houston a few weeks later. Oh, you're totally right. Yeah, they they specifically brought Shawn Michaels back to fight Ring of Honor. Which is pretty crazy. Which is a pretty big move. Now, Ring of Honor did have the date and the location first. And that's a part of the new Bullet Club promo which came out. It had Cody, Scroll, the Young Bucks um, basically saying they invite any member of the McMahon family with photo ID to come to the event and at first they said they will give any Mc, any member of the McMahon family a free ticket and then uh, I believe it was Nick Jackson who said whoa 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 we don't paper the house <laughs> and so now they have officially offered it's 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 a heartfelt it's true it's no gimmick a 10% discount to any member to anyone with the name McMahon on their photo ID for that show <laughs> that's pretty good yeah um i mean that that's cooking up to be a good show like i said kenny omega just announced they're also teasing one other major announcement they were teasing two major announcements for the san antonio show the first one obviously kenny omega the second one still up in the air we don't know um but there, there's there's a lot going on the feud between the Bullet Club, Ring of Honor, New Japan, to a lesser extent, and WWE still, you know, hot, heavy going. Um, I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon, especially because it's now kind of the Young Bucks thing. They have to, they have to roll with it, right? They no longer are coming to San Antonio; they're invading San Antonio. Um, obviously, you know, uh, Cody mentioned that they're stealing his all his dad's ideas they're bringing back war games obviously um so things are getting kind of cutthroat now jericho he's he's still under contract to wwe he was actually contacted first um when bray wyatt and roman reigns were taken off the tlc pay-per-view which we'll get into um he was actually contacted first to face Finn Balor. And he was on tour with Fozzie, so he couldn't. And then after he said he couldn't, that's when they contacted AJ Styles and pulled him off the South American tour. Um, Apparently, a side note on the South American tour, I know I'm going off on a lot of tangents here, but apparently um, Hugo Savinovich, who is... A, one of the longtime Spanish commentators for WWE, he owns the company that was promoting the WWE events in South America. They had put something up like $9 million or something crazy like that to do the whole tour and weren't very pleased when Kevin Owens and AJ Styles were taken off that tour. So due to that connection is the reason why Triple H was sent down, and things were kind of, you know, cooled over. Well, yeah, and then of course, what people got was Triple H dancing with the New Day, which is the video. What I'm saying out, is, is great. Although if it wasn't that's not Hugo, a bad consolation prize, though. No, it's not a bad. But what I'm saying is, if it probably if it wasn't Hugo Savinovich, it probably wouldn't have happened. It was kind of an in thing. Um, Can, well, strangely enough, one last note: Lesnar was never contacted. For, to come into TLC, never even contacted, which was in Minneapolis, which he's basically the hometown star for. 
Well, yeah. I mean, he went to the University of Minnesota. Yeah. And, uh, and people were chanting for him. They were chanting in the main event, we want Lesnar. But anyway, I see you have uh, Google Maps pulled up there. Cheap plug for Google Maps. They need it. They're struggling. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fledgling promotion. Yeah. Uh, can't seem to get, get the right booking going for them. Uh, I pulled up Maps because I want to see how far away the Austin Highway Event Center, which is where ROH's uh, show will be taking place. Officially, ROH Survival of the Fittest Night 1. That will be taking place at the Austin Highway Event Center, which is but an 18-minute drive via I-35 South to the Aztec Theater, which is where NXT Live will be taking place. Wow. That's going to be a really interesting litmus test for popularity um, between NXT and Ring of Honor. Less than 20 minutes away from each other. Um, I assume both buildings aren't super large. I'm assuming they hold a few thousand people each. Um, I cannot verify how large they are. I'm looking at the layout for what NXT is going to be doing. And I'm really intrigued at how they're going to do this. Um, I don't understand how they how they're setting this up. They have a stage, but it looks as though, based on their setup for this for NXT Live at the Aztec Theater, which is a theater, it's not designed for complete like 360 fan experience. In the round, yeah. I think they're going to have the wrestlers all in one direction. Meaning that there's not going to be people all around. They're only going to be in one place. Hmm. Wouldn't be unheard of, but would be unique for the WWE's presentation. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, Ring of Honor is at uh, the Austin Highway Events Center. I can't get any official numbers on how many, what the capacity is going to be on each. But if it's having been to an NXT small theater with the stage, it it might not even be two thousand people. Having been in a, at an NXT live event, they really don't put them in huge venues. Yeah. Intentionally so. The only time they're in big venues is when they're sharing a weekend with WWE. Right, and there's a lot of buildup and everything. and It's only like the big four. Yeah. Basically, the big four NXT events, uh, or the big four uh, pay-per-views, they'll team up and put them in the same building. We know Brooklyn, NXT Brooklyn events have done very well. Uh, NXT San Antonio, which was uh, Royal Rumble weekend last year, did very well. Uh, and, of course, they, WrestleMania is a little different. They always put them in a smaller arena, um, depending on the... they do the Hall of Fame. Well, Dallas, when they did WrestleMania in Dallas, which was 32... Mm-hmm. Um, no, Star. WrestleMania Star. 32. Um, <laughs> we don't number them anymore. WrestleMania... This is WrestleMania Oval. Yeah. WrestleMania Pentagon play button. That's true. That's that's really bad. WrestleMania, WrestleMania Sun. Uh, WrestleMania. Uh, whoa, what is it? Saint. No, no, it's the actual thing. Does it have a name? The for St. Louis or uh, not St. Louis? Is it St. New Louis? Orleans? New Orleans. Yeah. Um, Lafleur. <laughs> Let's go with that. Anyways. So and they're also they're both starting at seven thirty. So it's it's really interesting to kind of see this back and forth. We got on a really long tangent, and we're a few minutes into this. And my first question was going to be, how was the sanctuary? The sanctuary was awesome. How was how did your stunts go? I performed stunt. I did stunt fighting at the sanctuary stunt studio on the stunt stage. And it was good, you know, um, not greatest match of all time. We were on second, I believe, so not trying to steal the show. Um, could have been better. I could have done things better. Uh, but I think overall, um, it was a really good experience. And hopefully, I mean, I've, I've been kind of invited back, um, kind of an open-ended invite. Uh, and I do plan on going back before the year is out. Um it's a really, really cool. It's probably top or top three, definitely top three buildings that I've ever wrestled in as far as aesthetic, lighting, video, fog, etc., etc. Um, 
just really cool. There's some really cool pictures out of it. I suggest you go to the Sanctuaries page on Facebook. Uh, look at all the pictures that were linked to. I'll be posting some pictures on my personal page um, for for what was from that. Um, you know, it came up short in the match, but um, I think for all intents and purposes, um, I was happy with, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't the worst match I've ever had and I was happy with that um was a little weird to be in an old church so basically where the locker rooms were were behind where the um altar would be Mm -hmm. I I suppose you you would know more about this than I um who does that mean (laughs) meaning one of us has spent more time in churches in their lives and it's probably not me that's true so I always thought it was weird when you go through the front door of a church you're in the back which is a little weird um, but no, so the locker room was behind, uh, where I guess the altar would be. And there was this like long, dark tunnel that connected the two locker rooms. And I was just thinking like, what purpose did this serve? Like, did the priest have to like get down and sneak behind the other side, come out the other side? Like, ha ha, I'm here now. Um, that sounds very devious. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, it was it was cool though. It was cool. I definitely want to go back, and I definitely will go back. Um, like I said, within the next month or two, um, it's really cool. And uh, a lot of the matches are up on YouTube or up on the Facebook page. The link to them, um, go check it out. It's a really cool place. Uh, really cool aesthetic. Um, great, you know, cameras, um, multi camera setup. It's not your typical indie. Uh, experience when you're watching it so yeah really cool I'm trying to see if I can find any uh, I've seen one- matches for them before I don't want anything to actually play um, but I know that um, at- recently I've seen a video that was posted that was a Killian match Killian posts videos of his matches there pretty regularly mm-hmm. um but the uh, I I've never quite been able to find their stuff online. I'm um, gonna show for all you listeners. I'm gonna show a picture from my entrance to Ryan, so you can kind of get ooh uh, yeah, it's a little spooky. Um, there's a picture. This is not fun for anyone listening, but maybe we can post these on the page later so they can see. Maybe that would probably be the thing to do. Yes. Um. So you enjoyed your time at the sanctuary? I did. Yeah, uh, um, great I, roster. I want to point that out. Great promoter. Do they ever do anything on the weekends, like Saturdays? I don't think. I think it's just Fridays, and I think at other times they're training and having, um, you know, like seminars and classes and stuff. But I think the shows are just Fridays. But they start late, so they start at like eight, eight thirty. So gives you time. That's still gonna be a day off work. That's a long drive. Yeah, I took I took the day off for it. So don't get me wrong; it seems well worth it. But uh, that's that's a long drive. It and- actually it actually wasn't that bad. So the drive through Pennsylvania was actually pretty nice. There's a lot of mountains, and you're on basically 83 and 81, so two major highways, and it kind of flies. It's like you know, it ends up feeling pretty short for being a two and a half three hour drive so not bad um do you uh you want to talk about tlc we can go through the um since we didn't have a chance we recorded on thursday and and then friday happened where everything changed everything changed we totally missed it um but i think everyone knows by now um what we what i had heard uh, was viral meningitis that apparently is being shot down by the WWE. They um, haven't said what Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas and JoJo, for that matter, are suffering from, but they have said that Roman Reigns has the mumps. And they all, uh, all talent, uh, and I guess backstage, you know, workers and everything, were um, told to get I- immunized, uh, checked out, and tested um pretty much right after all this went down um all the people that were pulled off Roman Reigns Bray Wyatt Bodellas etc 
They're going to be evaluated on Monday the 30th, and from there they'll see um, if they can go or not. Mumps is like a, a few weeks from what I understand, so if Rain's already had it, he might be good in time for the upcoming European tour, um, which starts the 31st. Um, he might not. I don't, I don't know. Um, they're basically leaving right after Raw on Monday, this upcoming Monday, to go to Europe, so that uh, that's also a point of contention for anyone who's thinking that there possibly be a return angle for the invasion that SmackDown did on Raw, it probably won't happen this week, seeing as they'll be in, on another continent. So That's what they want you to think. <laughs> I would be impressed. <laughs> I would be impressed. What you don't know is this is all a ruse. Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, Bo Dallas, and JoJo are going to make a surprise appearance on SmackDown Live. Yeah. And... It's Roman Reigns, so he'll be able to beat everyone. <laughs> um, we can we can run through uh, real quick what happened on TLC and Raw and SmackDown, but uh, there's some interesting notes I want to get into, specifically for the um, AJ Styles-Finn Balor match. But why don't you start us off, and we'll go through real quick. So the kickoff show had Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox. Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks defeats Alicia Fox. No big surprise here. Uh, Foxy then got a shirt, which she did. which was which is good. I'm glad they finally gave her a shirt. I don't think she's ever had one before. Uh, no, and I dig the character. It's it's working for her. Although I don't get the I don't understand the booking the following night. Nope. Um, well, we could say that about this whole show. Well, yeah, pretty much. Oscar and Emma go to a. Uh, of course, it's a. It's an Oscar lock for the victory. Oh, no. This match went mo- nine minutes and twenty five seconds, and it went about. Eight minutes too long. Exactly. There's two ways you can do this. You can have Asuka come out as a killer, or you can have them have a really great match. They did neither. Um, they just... This is as cold as Asuka has been in years. Certainly the coldest she's ever been in the WWE um, or NXT. And... You know, they wonder why people flounder when they get to the main roster. It's because you don't book them the way you booked them in NXT, which proved to work. Um, at least they didn't have her lose. I was worried about that. Um, yeah, yes, I, you... I just don't understand the booking. And the next night they had a slightly shorter version of the same match, and it was just as cold. Yeah, the Oscar uh, came out and got good buzz, uh, had a good pop. Uh, there, everything worked until they started wrestling, which was not a, necessarily the fault of the the in ring performers. Uh, but no, um, the match was fine. It wasn't the crispest match I've ever seen. There were some missteps and everything, but for the most part, it was fine. It's it was just, just a weird. Oscar took decision. too much offense. Um, you know, was on the ground a lot. Oscar worked. You just killed the crowd. Oscar worked in NXT because she was dominant. Yeah, that was that's her character. If she can't, if she has to have a back and forth contest with Emma of all people, it's just not going to work. And it's not that Emma's not talented. It's she has not been put in a position where she's she's supposed to make any sense. Yeah, you know you you really only had her as any sort mattering in any sort of way at your last pay per view. And even then, it wasn't like she was in this star role. You know, she snuck her way onto the pay-per-view, and if I remember correctly, she ate the pin. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but she might as well have eaten the pin. But Well, that, I mean, that's I, the thing I, right I, so, there. Does, the finishes don't matter. They've, they've conditioned the fans not to remember because the finishes don't matter. I was live-tweeting from the page, uh, from the art uh, over the barricade, Twitter page, uh, follow us at Barricade Show. At Barricade Show. And uh, I was, I got a couple of responses back from people who were watching TLC. Yeah. And one of them had specifically mentioned when I said, this Oscar and Emma match has gone on about five or five to ten minutes too long. At that point, I didn't realize it was only a nine and a half minute match. Yeah. Uh, and somebody responded back, it's almost like they're debuting both of them. <laughs> and I thought about it, and I was like, that's kind of feels like what they're doing but it doesn't make any sense it's well it's the same thing they did with shinsuke they they 
He should never have had a back and forth match no. with Dolph Ziggler. And neither the should Oscar. The whole point should have been he comes out and he dominates. And, yeah. and same thing he... with Asuka. She comes out and she dominates. And I get that you don't necessarily want to feed Emma to the wolves. Pick somebody else. Can... Exactly. You could have thrown Foxy at her. You could have gotten a jobber. You or somebody done... that wouldn't hurt. You know, you put, uh, well, it's hard to say. The, the women's, this kind of ties back. If Charlotte back to, was there, that would have been fine. The women's division is not deep enough. And no. we, we bring it up over and over because it's true. The women's division, with it split the way it is, is not deep enough. There is an interesting uh, note to make. It could just be something they unintentionally left out. But they haven't come right out and said that none of the Survivor Series uh, SmackDown champion versus Raw champion matches are non-title they haven't said that so that could lead one to think that they're going to merge i would be all for merging the tag team and the women's division putting them on different brands um or you know or just having one championship and it's defended inside the brand and every time there's a big four pay-per-view there's an interbrand match they're not interested in doing that though that's the problem is they are like we want we want brand exclusivity. We want to make sure there's no crossover, except for we we promote the other brand constantly, and yeah. we do this and we do that. And like I understand, but it's you can't another have thing. It. With- you can't have it both ways. And then when you come back to okay, Survivor Series, the whole point is it's going to be we're going to book this as bragging rights. It's Raw yeah. versus SmackDown. Okay. You haven't done enough to make us care. No, you haven't done enough. It makes no sense. That loyalty to Shane the McMahon shows up, and a bunch of people who were just feuding with each other are just walking along next to each other. And it's yeah. like we may hate each other, but we love the show we're on. And it's like, yeah, wait a minute now. There was there was no reason for them to be defensive about SmackDown to to want to represent it, especially the heels. You know, I don't know. Anyway, what uh, what was next? Uh, Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan take on gentlemen, gentlemen Jack Gallagher and the Brian Kendrick, uh, with Alexander and Swan coming out victorious. This was actually a pretty good match. It yeah, was eight these... minutes. It was an eight-minute tag team cruiserweight match. The fans were behind it. I actually made a comment. I was like, fans are actually behind a non-title cruiserweight match. I'm, I'm in. I'm sold. I mean, the Minneapolis, guys... the Minneapolis crowd was largely on point. They were near perfect the entire show even when the garbage that is known as jason jordan and elias came out at one point literal garbage literal garbage uh three elias segments and a match a little much (laughs) i that was something that was also noted on twitter and we i went back and forth with some people on a couple of things but we you came out with the exact same Elias segment. You you drew out one Elias segment into three segments. You knew you were hard-pressed for time at that point, trying to fill three hours. If you can't fill three hours, make it two. Find an excuse for more matches. You had one tag team match before the main event on this freaking pay-per-view. And then the match... That ended up being the main event was a 35-minute match that felt like it was an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we will get there. Alexa Bliss defeats Mickey James. No real surprise. Not a bad match for 11 and a half Not minutes. a bad match, and one of the best babyface promos I can remember in a long time from Mickey James following the match. Yeah, uh, Mickey James has hopefully done enough to build her credit up a little bit that we can see her a little bit more because it's very sad that we don't get more time with her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Enzo Amore regains his Cruiserweight Championship against Kalisto. Something of a foregone conclusion. Pretty much, which is a little sad. Yep. Um, Enzo Amore coming out, and somehow they were like, well, he must continue talking, even though he cannot talk, (laughs) which was just aggravating. Although I do like what they've done since with uh, Drew Gulak and Davari doing the promos for him. I I think that's pretty entertaining. Um, And then we had what was easily the match of the night, Yes. 18 minutes, 20 seconds of what was a dream match for any smarky wrestling fan with absolutely no build, no way for the WWE to screw this build up because there was no build up. And the fans were on point through this entire match. 
it was a I, really really good match, but in my opinion, been... it wasn't one of the best matches I've ever seen. No, no, not at all. In context, this was the best match of the night. But right. when it's the best match of the night on what is only a three out of five star yeah. type pay per view. There's not a whole lot you can say. What it I was mean good. Is... It was very good. I would have loved to have had this as a build-up to a WrestleMania match or a Big Four pay-per-view. Well, this would have been a really cool match to see with a build-up that was what done I, properly. What I mean by it was really, really good, but it's not great, is I want to see more. So hopefully we get another uh, AJ Styles versus Finn Balor and... I would like to point out that they made a point. WWE made a point to say that these were both leaders of a club in Japan. Now, interesting point, because I did some research, and because I was kind of racking my brain, I was like, is this really the first time that they've wrestled one another? And the answer is yes and no. In On, on the January 4th Tokyo Dome show, 2008, uh, it was Wrestle Kingdom 2, uh, there was a, in the opening match, mind you, there was a six-man tag. It was Team TNA, which was Christian Cage, P.D. Williams, and A.J. Styles taking on Team Rise from New Japan, which was Prince Devitt. That's Finn Balor for all of you keeping track at home. Uh, <laughs> Milano Collection AT, who's now a uh, commentator for New Japan, and Minoru Tanaka. Uh, so, and, and, and Styles won by uh, pinning uh, Milano Collection in that match. Um, so, kind of. They kind of wrestled each other, but not really. I really did think it was the first time. I that's, I know it was a Wrestle Kingdom, but that is obscure. <laughs> it is obscure. Uh, and I don't think they had a lot of time in the ring, if any, with each other. Um, the the Certainly, next closest... And, and in 2008, that might as well have been two lifetimes ago, because yes. these are com- two completely different wrestlers Total and characters. Different. Yeah. And, and and before the Bullet Club and everything. And um, so April 6th, Invasion Attack 2014, that was Devitt's la- Balor's last night in New Japan before going to NXT. And that was also subsequently AJ Styles' first night in New Japan. Um, and that's where he debuts and attacks Okada and sets up their thing. So we have January 4th, 2008, April 6th, 2014, October 22nd, 2017. That is the history of these men in the same kind of aura. Because rem- remember, um, you know, for the majority of time where they were on the same brand, Balor was out with injury. So it's very rare to even have these guys on the same show or in the same kind of spectrum, let alone wrestle each other. So they may have wrestled, but do- my research, that's it. Yeah, it was it was a good match, all things considered, and I would certainly like to see it play out more uh in some form or fashion i think the obvious thing is we'd like to see more bullet club former bullet club members get involved in this uh with we know that at this point gallows and anderson aren't really doing anything they're literally just getting beat up in the locker room yeah Uh, unfortunately we know that uh there is another member of the bullet club who is currently having a big run in nxt and that is adam cole yeah uh, so and they, and they and they close this match with doing the too sweet to each other, which apparently was not planned, or at least not told to. They weren't told to do that. People were chanting too sweet. Yeah, and it was it was good. I mean, it's it was good for the wrestling fan. I don't know if WWE was a big fan of it, but to be fair, they told everybody else they can't do it. So if your own wrestlers can't do it, then what what are you what are you right. gonna do? Although you know Finn Balor is like using it though still like he comes out and if people are chanting too sweet he will do it in front of the live crowd at raw yeah uh so it's not super out there that they would do that it i would almost i could really see them having a cool run as a tag team if we ever decide that tag teams are important again uh but ultimately yes i would love to see a proper build to a match between them but it almost feels like those are two guys who are never going to be in the same like they're not going to be in the same place at the same time in WWE because we what we saw on Raw, AJ Styles is taken seriously. Finn Balor is the spooky guy now. He's going to take on all the spooky wrestlers who, you know, it's Halloween time. We got to throw 
Sister Abigail and Bray Wyatt at him. Well, we gotta throw. Uh, now we gotta throw Kane at him. That I really. That really. I don't understand that. You mean so, you mean you mean Finn Balor, who was on a tear and has just been in an awful feud the last few months, comes out of that feud after a really good match that was in a serious situation to get beaten by the mayoral candidate from Tennessee. Not only beaten, but squashed like a bug. They're doing what I was afraid they were going to do, and that is Finn Balor as the human is not good. Finn Balor as the demon is the only way he can win big matches. Well, unless this sets up a Demon Balor versus Demon Kane match. The Demon King versus Demon Kane? I I don't know. And and if the rumors are true that they're trying to build towards Balor-Lesnar, the worst way to do that build is to have him lose to a bigger guy. Lose to a bigger guy who is, in all accounts, not Brock Lesnar. No, over the hill. I mean, I love Kane, but... Kane's great, but nobody takes him seriously I to mean, the I, point where that would make sense. And I get that you're trying to build Kane up so he can take on Strowman, but there's other ways to do that. Yeah, that was that was really terrible. Anyway. You could I could see where you could have had Kane. If you want to build him up, have him take on a small tag team. Have him go out and why are we suddenly against squash matches again? Like I don't know. why do we have to have the actual talent take the brunt of these losses? That's what enhancement talent is great for. Braun Strowman worked because you had him in squash matches for four months. And don't you have a whole division of enhancement talent? You have Enzo Amore, who you you can just throw at anybody who's not cruiserweights, he can lose to, and you're still going to keep the strap on him. So anyway, then we have Jason Jordan versus Elias, and that's all I can say about that. And then we get into the the No, wait, hang on. I must say that Elias' new gimmick, because... I don't know if we can have two singers with one on each brand like this forever. Elias's new gimmick. He's Captain Produce. He's like Captain Cabbage, right? He comes out. He's super vegan. He's just got vegetables. I uh, no. <laughs> anyway, okay. let's get into the Can main we event. point out that Jason Jordan was wearing watermelon tights? Yes. Watermelon. Um and then the main event, which had a great start, yeah. uh, Papa Kurt coming out behind his his boys. Um, great visual. Wonderful visual of Kurt Angle just being the proudest chaperone at the prom, um, coming down to the ring. Uh, I didn't like the... F- I liked the very beginning of the match, but you could tell they didn't have a great plan. They were trying desperately to get to the big spots towards the end of Strowman going through the stage and then going into the dump truck. It was a little uh, shoehorned. truck. Um, but I think that... I like that they toned down the super crazy dangerous stuff. Like ladder bumps, on ladders, off ladders. Well, the ladders make so much less sense when you don't have to climb them. Yeah. Um, I think it was still a very entertaining match. Psychologically, it was a mess. But I think it was entertaining and that was the point. Um you know, they were basically like, hey, I know it doesn't make sense, but we're going to have Kane versus Strowman now. And it makes so little sense. So little, like, and I'm are you sure- are you trying to do this for Kane? Are you trying to do this for Strowman? Uh, who benefits from this? Obviously not Finn Balor. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, I'm, um, I'm really salty about that. Kurt gets the pin over the Miz. Um, Kurt assimilates back into GM role and we'll probably see him again at WrestleMania in the ring, but I doubt before that. Kurt Angle versus Triple H? Maybe. Uh, We also have, by the way, we haven't seen Stephanie McMahon on Raw since the uh, WrestleMania match with well, Triple H. Oh, yeah, on Rollins. Raw. I've said she she walked out before... SmackDown. It was on SmackDown was on before Smackdown. the Mae Young finals. Mae Young, yeah. Uh, but we have not seen her on Raw since then, and we have not seen Triple H on Raw since then. Anyway, the uh, Raw... Um, Which is good, by the way. I'm not disputing that that was a bad thing. That's a great thing. Let your heel, or let your face authority figure do his thing. Although, do you know that, did you, like, it didn't really dawn on me that we have nothing but face, uh, face authority figures until this past Monday when I was like, wait, Shane's acting like a heel. Wait, nobody's a heel. 
Well, I mean, some people are thinking that Brian might turn heel or, or at least turn against Shane. So Maybe. They're certainly teasing that. Raw was interesting. So Raw had one of the worst first to third hour drops in the history of the entire show. The entire time it's been three hours. Um, especially among teenage girls. So something like a 60% drop among teenage girls. Now... What that means is there's a lot of buzz coming off of TLC, but once they announced that the main event, the scheduled main event, was going to be a 10-man cruiserweight tag, nobody cared. Um, I guess what happened was word got out of the big angle that they shot at the end of the Raw with SmackDown roster coming in and invading. So SmackDown was up, and it was going against Game 1 of the World Series. So by all intents and purposes, it should have been down, but it it was... Up from last week, 16%, up year over year, 27%, and retained 91% of Raw's viewers. So, um, though Raw kind of died a horrible death, SmackDown flourished and flourished with those same teenage girls. So, that's an interesting. Um, do you have anything, because uh, we're, we're getting close to time I've got here. a lot left. Do you here. have anything that, hit me with some bullet points. Bullet points. Uh, World Wrestling Network, those, that's the promotion behind Evolve, among others, uh, released their $499 VIP packages for WrestleMania weekend. They're already sold out. So that's a pretty cool, um, uh, or almost sold out. There's a few left, very few. Um, pretty cool thing. I'll just go through the indie stuff. Uh, yes, all, please. All Pro Wrestling is returning to the Cow Palace, the Clash at the Cow Palace. Uh, they did their first match or first uh event there a few months back it was the first wrestling show there since like 81 or something like crazy like that they did a really good draw thousands of people uh they're coming back with this main event uh pentagon or penta om and ray phoenix versus ray mysterio jr and juventud guerrera oh my that's a pretty good main event right there um what else do we have going around the indie scene i guess um this counts jeff jarrett checks himself into a rehab of course a wwe sponsored rehab that's uh if you've ever signed a wwe contract in your life you you know always have that option um this is following up on the hills of him officially being released from impact wrestling uh the deal with gfw never was finalized so they've cut ties with gfw as well that's some bad business sense on on jeff jarrett's part yeah. you should have had that ink dried G- uh jeff jarrett was taken off uh, WrestleCade shows, um, he, so it was as a bad he should, time. He, as he, he should have been. He had a weird thing where he went to Canada for two shows. Um, he he made the first show, but he was late. He was in no condition to wrestle. He passed out backstage, um, drinking obviously, and then went home before the second show and told the promoter that Customs told him he had to do that. Like he got held up in customs, and he had he could only do the first night, but not the second night. And then when the promoter called customs, they were like, "We don't know what he's talking about." Jeff Jarrett, please get your life together. It sounds like he's on the good track. I think some people sat him down and talked to him. Um, this past weekend was this might go a little long, so you might want to push the end back. Um, this past weekend was Pro Wrestling Gorillas All Star Weekend thirteen, and it was crazy. Um, as these PWG shows tend to be. It was almost as good as Bola, if not as good as Bola. Um, Jeff Cobb and Matt Riddle won the Pro Wrestling Gorilla Tag Team Championships in the main event of Night 1. Night 2 was headlined by Chuck Taylor, who's the PWG World Champion, taking on Ricochet. Um, now, Ricochet has been telling promoters that after January, he's no longer taking indie dates. So one can assume he's going to bigger and better things, or Maybe just bigger things. WWE. <laughs> um, He's but, going to our favorite indie. So Chuck Taylor, who's only been champion for 106 days, which is pretty short in PWG uh, championship lineage. Well, especially because PWG doesn't run shows weekly. No, it's mostly monthly or even some more time. Like that's how this, they. That's part. That's part of how they survive too. They are because they have so much exclusivity with their shows. Mm-hmm. They run a lesser, lighter schedule, so they can bring in these guys who come in and can wrestle in these sorts of environments. So you can bring in your random offshoot guys. You can have the Bucks come in, or you can bring in guys like Zack Saber Jr. 
or you know these other big indie talents that can come in and do work for you for a couple of shows and it just be part of their schedule and you they've compensated they've stayed in the same building in Reseda which caps at 400 people um but they've raised ticket prices which is something they didn't want to do but it became a necessity so now the tickets are 70 to 90 dollars a piece and it sells out in seconds um and it's you know it's just packed and yeah it's it's, it's, it's to be. near impossible to get a ticket unless you have an in or you get lucky yeah um i so, know that there there are some celebrities and things that that have been able to get lucky and or have gotten an in and got a ticket and were able to go and it's for like big wrestling marks those celebrities it's a big deal for them to get in because it's not like you can just buy floor seats to a Lakers game right. or you know get it right on the glass for a hockey game or anything like that. Yeah. Celebrities, like A-list celebrities, have been turned away because they didn't have a ticket, um, which yeah. is pretty crazy. There ain't no getting into that building, which is apparently hot as all blazes. Yeah. Not, not great air conditioning, if any. But anyway, to your point, they run infrequently. So after this last weekend, their next show is January 12th. So there's a couple months off in between. It's usually not that long, but it's it's mostly monthly. But anyway. It's right after my birthday. So Chuck Taylor was champion for 106 days, and Ricochet is leaving the Indies. So it was thought it's a no-brainer that Chuck Taylor's going to win. But no, that's not what happened. Or is he leaving? Ah! He says he's not, and he did win that match, and he is the new PWG world champion. Um People were speculating because uh, he was also on this last Wednesday's finale of Lucha Underground Season 3, which may be its last episode ever. They have not been renewed. Nobody's picked them up. They're shopping it around still, but nobody's picked them up. Uh, And in that last episode, spoiler alert, Prince Puma, who is Ricochet, beat, um, I'm blanking on the name of who he beat, but he won the Lucha Underground Championship. And then was put in an impromptu match with Pentagon Dark, who beat him. So people were thinking, okay, they're going to play off that. Ricochet's beat Chuck Taylor, but we know he's not hanging around. So somebody's going to come out and challenge him. But it didn't happen. He made a speech. He said, I'm not leaving. Even though he's kind of a heel in PWG right now. He had uh, Matt Seidel, uh, formerly Evan Bourne, join him in the ring, who's a face. Um, and they celebrated, uh, so it looks as if he'll definitely be at that January 12th show, and one would assume that's when he's going to drop the PWG title back. Um, so yeah, great weekend. That'll be, I think it's already available for pre-order in Blu-ray and DVD. Of course, PWG, that's how they release their shows. They don't have a streaming service. You can get years-old shows on, um, High Spots Network, I believe, but if you want to see the show... Uh, ProWrestlingGorilla.com buy the DVD. It's well worth it. Uh, Free plug for them. Um, Joe Doering uh, won the All Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Championship. That's their main title. Um, He this is kind of like a great story but nobody's talking about it. He just overcame brain cancer and he came back and he beat uh, Suwama, who'd only been Triple Crown champion for 12 days, which is really short for New or for All Japan. Um, and Joe Doring come back has come back, and he's won that Triple Crown championship back. Uh, it's his second reign with the title. Uh, unfortunately, All Japan has fallen a bit to the wayside recently, but they're a great promotion, and and they do deserve, uh, you know at least to check them out if you don't like it you don't like it but at least check them out they're they're pretty good yeah all japan does not have the name it once did i mean it was all japan it was new japan and all japan i if i remember my history with this correctly i think all japan was the brand for a long time all japan was first um new japan closely followed i think they both started in 72 um but there, there was a split between enoki and um oh god why am i blanking this is such a wrestling sin that i'm doing right now what are we talking about uh antonio enoki and i can't remember his name and i'm really mad they baba maybe uh well giant baba uh was one of the three founders 
along with the Momota brothers, um, uh, Mitsuyo and Yoshihiro, we could who do, were the sons of Ricky Dozan. We could, and we should. Ricky Dozan, huge star, bigger than Cena, Rock, and Ricky Dozan is the father of Japanese pro wrestling as we know it today. Yeah. Because both offshoots of All Japan and New Japan are from his lineage. We we should and we we could and we should do a whole episode on Japanese wrestling history. We um, should and I, I we might at some point. To... Well, we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> uh, but check it out. Read through the history. Check it out. Joe Ring, That's a great story. Um, we also have New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, switching over. They released the Wrestle Kingdom 12 poster. The only announced match, of course, is Okada Naito in the main event. Um, but there's some weird things going on. So they're, all their floor seating is sold through. You can only get it or you get first dibs of it. Um, it's really like you can only get it if you're a member of what they call the fan club and they don't let foreigners in the fan club. Um, so you can't get those seats. There's a number of seats, uh, like thousands of seats, that are put in a block for foreigners to buy. Those have all been sold out. So as it stands currently, you cannot get a ticket for Wrestle Kingdom 12 on January 4th, 2018, unless you go to a Japanese ticket vendor, and even then, it's hard. So good sign for the New Japan business. Um, you know, it's going to be huge. Last year, obviously, we had the first Omega Okada match. This year, we're having Okada Naito. I'm sure Omega will be on the show defending his U.S. championship. I don't know who against, but it's going to be the show to watch out for in the next coming months. Um, what else? Is, gosh, there's so much going on. Um, this is WWE related, but uh, got a an, an update on WWE UK. So people are like, Where's this WWE UK? You know, we were promised this. They did the tournament. They have a champion. Where is WWE Jim UK? Ross was asked about this in August at the show I went to. And uh, the ringside with Jim Ross that I went to. And um, that question did come up. Uh, and Jim Ross at the time. I'm not sure exactly what you're about to say. But Jim Ross at the time said, it's in the works. Be patient. We are working on it. He's not wrong. It is in the works. The problem is it would be too expensive to do as a network, WWE network show. So they are fishing for a TV deal with ITV or Channel 4, somebody in the UK to finance the show. They won't be able to do it on the network. You're looking at the Wrestle Kingdom 12 poster. I am it's looking awesome. at the Wrestle Kingdom 12 poster. This is amazing. Yep. We've got... Uh, oh, they even have sold out already on there yeah. in a couple of spots. So, yeah, it, it's really big. But <sighs> going back to WWE business, quarter three financials were put out today, and I'll run them down super quickly. Quarter three's revenue was $186.4 million. That was well above the Wall Street prediction of $172 million. Um, the profit was $21.8 million, which was well above the Wall Street prediction of $15 million. So quarter three came in very strong. Um, the May Young Classic. Well, well, Candace was on it. Well, well, Candace was on it. That Thank you, Candace LeRae. Um, the, the thing that people are attributing all this to is they've greatly lowered the operating costs of the WWE. Which you can see very clearly if you watch their weekly television. Watch their weekly television. There's no pyro. No pyro. Pyro's gone. A, a huge cut in original programming for the WWE Network. Note that you're not seeing too many new programs Which announced. Isn't some people aren't really missing it it didn't do much for the subscriber number anyway so it's it's kind of neither here nor there the subscriber count as of this morning was 1 million 500,000 507,000 excuse me 1,507,000 let me try that again um so this is consistent with the last couple of years Obviously, the subscriber count shoots up in the first quarter, levels out while still going up in the second quarter, drops in the third, and finally bottoms out in the fourth quarter. Um, the uh, 
I guess, profitability of the WWE network, excuse me, was $24.3 million this quarter, uh, up from $15.7 million last year. So that's kind of how they're doing. They're obviously going to try some big things for quarter four. We have Survivor Series, obviously, um, main evented with Brock Lesnar taking on Jinder Mahal. Uh, massive speculation we're pretty sure they're gonna throw in a special guest referee um whether it's john cena whether it's stone cold steve austin even the rock's name's been thrown out there um but they're gonna add something to that match to make it a little more special and they're gonna try to not have such a drastic drop in quarter four uh otherwise it's been a pretty good year for WWE. Well, the one thing with WWE, as far as how the rest of the year looks, you only have two pay-per-views on the schedule. Um, Survivor it's a, it's a, Series. It's a long time before the next Raw pay-per-view. Survivor Series and Clash of Champions? Yes. Uh, is the the SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view? SmackDown exclusive pay-per-view, when the month before, all the champions are actually clashing. Yeah, weird. <laughs> um, and then, of course... As of now, there is no other pay-per-view scheduled between Clash of Champions and the Royal Rumble. That's, that's what, a long wait. That's Especially five, on the six Raw weeks. Side. It was five, six weeks for SmackDown. It's two months for uh, for Raw. We are about to Raw is about to show how they can handle long-term booking. Yeah. And I can tell you what's probably going to happen is they're going to have a Raw special, which is going to be a mini pay-per-view, which is what they did with SmackDown, when SmackDown had a lull mm-hmm. somewhat similar to this. But this is, I think, the longest What they do, lull. Sin City SmackDown? Yes. They could do old-school Raw. They haven't done that in a while. They have not done that in a while. I think that's probably most likely what they'll end up doing. Yeah. Uh, they really don't have any other like specialty unless... We know that... So, I know this is a SmackDown thing. But we know they renewed, uh, they picked up their copyrights again for Taboo Tuesday. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you think, I know, again, like, this is like going to be a SmackDown thing more than a Raw thing. Do you think they bring back Taboo Tuesday and it's like a special edition of SmackDown? In between Clash of Champions and they the could. Rumble? They could. I, I was trying to think what you would do alliteratively for Raw. I can't think of it right now. Um, but... Yeah, I, 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 they're going to have to do something, right? Mick Monday. All matches are picked by Mick Foley. They are, they're they running a live Monday Night Raw on Christmas night, so... Which is an awful decision. I still disagree with it. It's not theirs. It's USA Network's decision. It's still an awful decision. I don't, I don't care whose fault it is. It's still an awful decision. Yeah. It's going to do better numbers than anything else on USA that night, but... Oh, their numbers but are going to be so bad. is that the so night bad. you do something special you know is that the night you pull a theme out i don't know that would be christmas night and not running home to go now i will say most people if they have christmas eve and christmas day off in the states they are getting monday and tuesday off most people with the way that i'm not getting tuesday off (laughs) if would you normally get christmas eve off no, I don't think so. Well, there you go. I normally get Christmas Eve off. That's the only reason I know this, because I had to look into it. Because it rolls over to after Monday, which will be Tuesday, because it's the next business day, because Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. Um, I'm not probably going to run home and watch Raw. I will probably watch Raw the next day probably. on Hulu, because I will probably be busy with family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only thing I can think of is... And then they're doing the same thing on New Year's. Yeah, I mean, those two are pretty equidistant between Survivor Series and Royal Rumble, so if they're going to do a special episode of Raw, that would kind of be the place to do it. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they play it. Um, that's pretty much all the notes I have. There's a ton more we could get into, but we can save it for next week, which is going to be another news pack i think i think this is a pretty uh around the world global uh, edition of over the barricade yes i i believe so um we do not have a pay-per-view to to preview next week no which thanks. is nice uh we can take a a look at uh, we haven't checked in with japan in a while as far as, we haven't checked in with new japan in a while outside of what we just talked about with the poster being released and getting ready for Wrestle Kingdom. We are in the downtime for New Mm -hmm. Japan. So 
maybe that'll be a time to, to take a look at that, especially with uh, Wrestle Kingdom coming. And Wrestle Kingdom, January is going to be busy. Wrestle yes. Kingdom and Royal Rumble are in the same month. They always are. But this Wrestle Kingdom, these Wrestle Kingdoms seem more and more important every year. And that's a really big deal for New Japan. Yeah, they've been they've been growing annually um, since they basically started the brand. They've always had a January 4th Tokyo Dome show. But only the last, you know, 11 years has it been Wrestle Kingdom called that. Um, and since that branding, there's been uh, a few dips along the way but for the most part they've uh they've really strengthened and especially from two years ago to last year to this year the growth has been crazy the tokyo dome holds about fifty thousand people and they've been getting 30 35,000 paid and another 10 15,000 from spot because there's a ton of sponsors and people send people and and so it's not really the same type of papering that wwe would do per se um it's more of a business uh perk i guess you would say um but this year i could see them probably doing 35 40,000 paid which is huge this wrestle kingdom will probably be their most watched um they've really in the last couple of years they've really upped their english language on new japan world mm-hmm. um we are especially seeing we have obviously earlier this year kevin kelly uh, left from Ring of Honor to full-time do commentary for New Japan. I mean, really primarily for New Japan World, which yeah. is a big deal. Like, that is massive because WWE has their commentators, but they've kind of always had this way. They've always had, like, a ton of them. For New Japan to step into that realm, especially with trying to give their expansion into the U.S., that's a big deal. Yeah. Um. Are you wrestling anywhere this weekend? No. Or doing stunts? I am doing neither this weekend. I'm kind of taking off, recovering. Um, I know that sounds lame, but it's very much needed. And um, for for a while there, I only had six working fingers. I don't know if you know that. Due to, uh, due to knuckle dislocations, uh, pinched nerves, burns... Uh, Burns weren't wrestling related. That I was, was about to else. say, were you in an Inferno match? I wasn't no. aware of. Yeah, this I was is in a weirdly match booked he, card that you were on. <laughs> I was in an Inferno match, and he lit my finger on fire. That jerk. No, that's not true. But so yeah, I only had, so I'm, I'm resting up, uh, cutting weight. I'm already down ten pounds. I'm gonna drop another thirty, forty. Why not? And uh, come back uh, bigger and better. And well, not bigger, but leaner and better and meaner just being a machine yeah yeah anyway that's 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 pretty much all i got anything uh... um the only other thing i which we are by our word obligated to uh to promote even though Ah, i don't believe you're on the card no i i haven't i've uh i've made other obligations so i will not be here but no bad blood uh i would you talk about the show. I suggest everyone go to this. Rampage Pro Wrestling. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked to uh, Big Mike, Michael Scott. Um, he is going to be in the ring as part of a, uh, to my understanding, a five-man tandem. And they will be defending Rampage Pro Wrestling, defending the honor of the promotion, trying to uh, keep uh, Project Mayhem out of power, as it were. If I remember this correctly... Uh, Project Mayhem, if they lose this match, they have to disband from Rampage. They can no longer be in Rampage Pro Wrestling as a unit. So uh, this is there's high stakes for this match. Big Mike, of course, is going to be involved in that. He has been to this point. He will uh, continue to be there. They sold tickets like crazy. Uh, there are still tickets available. Go to Rampage Pro Wrestling's Facebook page. You can just search Rampage Pro Wrestling. They will certainly come up. Their November 4th show, uh, I believe that's a 7.30 start, Delaware Agricultural Museum. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but I think I've got it to this point. Yes. Um, And I believe it is, I believe it is, uh, they've called the event Retribution. Retribution. That's not them. That's just me making joke. Um, (laughs) Making joke. Making joke. I was Um, just reading um, someone named Ryan McMahon on Twitter asked, Hey, Young Bucks, 
do I get a 10% discount for ROH San Antonio? And they said, with a valid ID, you do. So they're sticking to their word. I'm not sure if they ran that by Ring of Honor officials. Does, I think they have creative to do whatever they kind of please, so long as they're not creative giving to away set th- the prices of admission. They're being their own promoters, man. <laughs> uh, Self promotion is an indie is an indie tool you need mm-hmm. to survive in the independence. Uh, that'll do it for us this week. We will be back next week once we we'll figure out something to talk about. I'm sure there'll be plenty more news. They the news is flying in at this point uh we had a couple of quiet weeks outside of wwe specific stuff but obviously the wrestling world continues to turn and we continue to get more events announced more big names showing up we get ever closer into november where we're gonna have plenty of things to talk about um but that will do it for us this week stay tuned for the plugs anything you want to leave the folks at home with I was just thinking we need a good sign-off. What's a good this, sign-off? This is me handing it over for you to do that. See ya. That wasn't good. That we'll was, have a new one next week. That was awful. We'll have a new one next week. Bye, guys. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. Follow us on Twitter at barricade show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricade show or search for Over the Barricade podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at Lee Brando underscore and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando. And don't forget you can send us an email over the barricade podcast at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions. We'll see you next week.